podcast brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. It's winter. It's cold. That's where you need your windows to step their game up and keep your energy efficiency on point where you're staying warm, keeping the heat high and the energy bills low. And your windows are vital in this fight. Pella's got the top of the line windows to do just that. You can holler at them your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln experts, or you can go online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. And one of the great things about it being winter is the tradition unlike any other, and that is Temperature Tuesdays. It is back. It's that time of the year. Every single Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. Oh, baby. Temperature Tuesdays are back. Take advantage of it. Runza makes it all better. All right. We have a uh, we, we have we have a a a hotel edition of a of a podcast. Bo Root is here, not with me in Milwaukee at the Marriott, but he is he is joining me via FaceTime right now. Uh, how how are I mean? You're in your basement. You're feeling good. You're feeling comfortable. We got a lot of Husker football to discuss. Yeah, a lot of Husker football. But I've decided that I'm going to do. You know, most time you see people, they're always sitting at their kitchen counter, or I'm literally going to lean back on the couch. I'm doing it leaning back yes. on the couch. I want so I mean this is almost like so you are we're going to get relaxed Bo Rude. Yes. Yeah. A little bit more just hey, I'm on the couch just thinking about quarterback situations. Yes. <laughs> I've got I've gotten so many people like when are you and Bo going to talk about Casey Thompson? When are you and Bo going to talk about Casey Thompson? It's been I've been crazy busy. You obviously have a child and a job. Uh, we just, we haven't been able to, we haven't been able to tie it down, you know? Yeah. And this is one of those, you know, recruiting, we always try to do recruiting pod. This year was pretty underwhelming in that sense, but this news is, I mean, this is a big story. This is like as big of a, a transfer as I think we've ever had in my lifetime, I think probably. Right. I mean, you'd have to, especially naturally every Anytime it involves a quarterback, it's just the the high profile nature of the position is always going to seem like it's a big deal. Sam Keller would that be the the would the you have to only go back one to I can think of is Sam Keller because that was he had a lot of juice coming out of ASU because he played really well against USC, who was the best team in the country at the time. Right. So, um, but I don't know that we've really had a transfer at Nebraska. I mean, Scott Frost. Scott Frost is in the nineties. I'm trying to think. Other than Scott Frost, is that transfer it? quarterbacks? We just that hasn't been our mo at Nebraska. Like Oklahoma seems to do it every year. Um, I feel like we, do, we just don't do it. No, but I feel like now with the portal, and we'll get to Casey Thompson and talking about it for a second. But it feels like now with the transfer portal, the quarterback position is forever changed. Like I feel like now. The days of dudes willing to lose a job and be a backup are over. Like guys are going to hit yeah. the portal instantly now. So I think I so I, I say that to say like this is now going to be kind of like the thing to me. I think I think every two years or every year, or whatever. I mean, ideally you get a little bit of continuity at that spot, but 
I don't know. Like, for instance, if Smothers, I mean, you would think Smothers, if Smothers, like, if Nebraska takes two portal quarterbacks, Smothers is probably leaving, right? Or no? I don't know. I, that That's the hard part is, you know, sm- you wonder how much people still think about, you know, the time they put into a place, sort of the like, you know, Smothers kind of had a good start here. Like he's gotten some good momentum going at Nebraska. He knows the system. Does he feel like, is there a better option? I think the hard part is going to be for these kids is, is there a better option out there? And you don't really know all, all the time until you get there, right? Because right. there's a quarterback at every school. And so you can say, well, I'm going to go somewhere else and they'll give it to me. But you don't know that. Because I'd imagine everybody in the portal right now, I'm operating under the assumption, and that's what will make it so interesting if Nebraska ends up taking two portal quarterbacks. I'm operating under the assumption that every transfer portal quarterback, semi-high-profile one, is getting almost a pseudo-guarantee that they're going to be the starter when they go to a place. Because otherwise, I guess that's what... When you enter the transfer portal, especially as a quarterback, you're you're seeking – you're not trying to go compete for a job somewhere else. You kind of just did that at the place you were at. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I'll be interested to see what that looks like now because I'd have to imagine you're just going to see the transfer portal quarterbacks just filling up every year. Like yeah, you think- in that position especially, I mean, it feels like it's moving closer to free agency. Oh, yeah. It really does. You know, like, it doesn't even feel like recruiting as much as it is, like, truly free agency, where it's like, you do have to sort of, you're making sort of, uh, yeah, quote-unquote promises, or you're really hinting at this is yours, we got NIL, we got, you know, it, it's way more, it feels more transactional than the, the old school, like, we're recruiting you for an education and a chance to play. You know? <laughs> right? Like, well, that's what, well, and, and maybe this is a question we'd have to ask Joe, but if the transfer portal existed in 2006, does Joe leave? Going into 2007, Joe Gans had, I think he, he felt like he outplayed Keller and just, and, just, and like wasn't getting the opportunity he probably should have. Uh, that would have been a really different story if there was no. Uh, I mean, there was a transfer portal with no you know sit time out. you have to sit out. Right. I mean, I, I just I really think it changes everything. Well, I know for me, um, I mean, this is coming from someone that transferred. One of the biggest deterrents from transferring was having to sit out a year. Like, because you're already, and you, did it. you said, and I did, and it sucked. Like it, it's, it, it I hated it. It's not, it, it was not a, it was something that I really had to weigh heavily. And, and because you're already more often than not, if you're transferring, you maybe haven't been playing. And so like at Kansas, I basically didn't play for two years. And then when I transferred, I'm committing to just another full year of not playing. And yeah. that is such a huge deterrent. And if, if, that now that's changed. I don't know. I just I wonder if Joe would have would have done it. But it's you know, and that's where you get like you look at what ended up happening with Joe. Like he stuck it out. It ended up going to him. He has an an amazing into to 2007 and all of 2008 season. 
and it worked yeah. out for him. So I don't know. I mean, it's just it's interesting to see what's happening at that spot because it's crazy. I and I'm I've always been under the assumption that like learning a system as a quarterback takes to to learn it right takes two years maybe right like so I I think yeah you can learn it in in maybe faster than that but to me like you haven't mastered it until you've had more reps and snaps and meetings and and really a chance to really digest it so I always felt like the advantage of staying was that you you could just play easier and faster because you, you knew something better. Um, but obviously when coaches leave, that, yeah, that's changed right, that changes too, but you know, I don't know, maybe that's less of a, a thing now. Right. Well, let's get into who, who, who we're talking about here. We're talking about Casey Thompson. A uh, couple of things with Casey Thompson before we really get into like what we like, if we want to conjure up some concerns or whatever. So Casey Thompson, obviously from Texas. He backed up Sam Ellinger for most of his career. He replaced Ellinger in the 2020 Alamo Bowl and threw for four touchdowns in a win over Colorado. He started this past season as a backup and and then started the final 10 games. He threw for over 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks, 63% completion percentage. Um, And you always wonder, okay, why did he leave? Okay, the reason you, you read you read up on the on the situation in Texas, it sounds like the reason he left Texas was because Steve Sarkeesian offered the Quinn Ewers kid, the, who's the five star kid out of high school who went to Ohio State, signed some enormously lucrative NIL deal, and then left Ohio State and now is coming to Texas. And I think there was some writing on the wall, kind of what we're talking about here, that Sarkeesian is handing the job to Ewers and so the writing was on the wall for for Casey Thompson to go. Okay, well, I need to hit the portal. I guess for you, I could. I, do you want to? Do you want to start with what you like, and then I'll go into what I like, or do you want me to kind of get things rolling with what I like first? Why don't you start? I mean, I guess I want to comment on. That's kind of the interesting thing. I think I heard it was you and Sean Callahan were talking about that in your in yeah. your last pod, though. That is it really that sort of like the money is influencing who the coach needs to play almost like that's the part that I was surprised about is that there's a, actually a, seems like there's like a, because of the NIL deals Ewers was getting that, that was like a part of the writings on the wall for um, Thompson Thompson. And I'm going, that's odd. That's, that has nothing to do with like competing for a job. It's like, it's, it's, that's a different well, story. Yeah, it, it must be like, um, what's the what's the good analogy here? Uh, you know, the GM. Say you take two running backs in a draft. One of them, the GM wanted to take him in the first round in the top ten, but you wanted to take the you actually like the guy that you took in the fifth round, and as a coach, you want to play the fifth round guy, but the GM is saying, well, hold Six. up, we took this dude in the first round, you have to play that guy. And the analogy in that is whatever person or entity is is ponying up a lot of money for Ewers in Austin for his NIL is probably telling Sarkeesian through different people, like, listen, I'll write the check for Ewers, but this dude better be the starter. I'm not going to – that, maybe that's it? I don't that's, know. That's such a good example because that, that happens in – I think professional football, I mean, even professional basketball, like when you write the big check, you get the big contract out and 
sometimes that competition behind the scenes is close. And sometimes the, the, the high paid players is maybe not quite as good, but when it's, it, it has to be pretty extreme in terms of like, it's gotta be obvious to not play the, the, the better played player. If it's close, you always end up playing the better played guy. And even if maybe if it's skews towards, maybe he, he shouldn't, it, it's not obvious enough. They'll still play him. That is crazy. I, you know, when you really like, listen to what we're saying. I, I, I it's crazy. This is college football. And we're talking about money and guarantees. And it feels <laughs> like, when did this happen? <laughs> I don't know, but it is wild to kind of say out loud with that, but that's, because I think that's the first thing you got to always think about is like, okay, why is this person in the portal in the first place? You know what I mean? Like we got to think about that. And, and there are the right reasons to be in the portal. There are sometimes the wrong reasons to be in the portal. I think Casey Thompson, it seems like he, he seems like he was, you know, he, like he battled, he backed up Ellinger and then he got, he got his chance to start. And then this Ewers guy comes in. So I guess starting with the reasons why he is leaving Texas seem okay to me right yeah okay yeah. That, yeah, yeah absolutely um okay let me what I like about Casey Thompson first of all I like that he's got experience as a college football player one of the things that you didn't want to have happen was kind of roll the dice with some unproven guy that hasn't played a ton we'll get to Chubba Purdy a, a little bit a little bit later on in this podcast, but like I'm more, maybe Chubba Purdy's better than Casey Thompson, but I'm more drawn towards Casey Thompson because Casey Thompson at least has some semblance of a sample size and experience and tangible production to go off of. Whereas Purdy has about the same amount of experience as, as uh, Logan Smothers. So I, I just kind of feel like, I like the fact that he's got multiple starts under his belt. He's he's played in big games. He was really good in the Alamo Bowl. He was really good against Oklahoma this year. He threw for 388 yards and five touchdowns against the Sooners. So I guess the first thing I like is that he's got some experience. Yeah, he – I mean, I don't know if how if you're a Nebraska fan, you aren't just jumping for joy. Like, we didn't have – like, Adrian Martinez transferred. We had Smothers and Harburg, basically as our two quarterbacks. Right. Like, and, and we didn't have anything. And our, our recruit, you know, is coming off a, a torn knee, won't be ready for a couple of years. Like, this is a gift to me. Like, we just transferred in a guy that is a big time recruit who played for, started for Texas. Um, and I don't know. Like, <laughs> you mentioned the Oklahoma game and the in the Alamo game. I like literally watched some like some film of those games today before this. And I was like, God, he looks great. Yeah. I mean, he looks fantastic in those games. Right. Um, obviously he didn't probably play like that all year. I'd have to see more of his uh, sample size, but just from those two games, you see like, Oh, if he's on it, that's how good he can be. He really looks, I mean, he, he, I like the look of his game. It's really, it's it's a little bit quicker than Martinez. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's a, everything he does is a little bit more quick, a little bit more defined, and I think that's something we always uh, we always kind of wanted. Right. I think the thing that you and I would always talk about is the the same thing that made Adrian Adrian and good and exciting was also sometimes the same thing that was his downfall was that he was a little bit of a improviser. 
and a backyard yeah. football kind of a guy. Whereas Casey Thompson, he's not robotic, but man, it looked like you can see the you know processing things and the ball's out and it's on time, especially in that Oklahoma game. I remember watching that game. If I'm not mistaken, that might have been the game the same day that Nebraska played Michigan. And you yeah. and I went to the Nebraska-Michigan game together, and you guys and we were tailgating and talking about that game. And I remember thinking, man, that Texas QB was really, really good. So I'm totally with you. Like when when Martinez went into the portal and you let him leave, there was there was some a period here where all of a sudden you kind of thought to yourself, like, oh man, did Nebraska maybe make a mistake in thinking that they were going to get somebody that was as good or better than the guy that they let walk? And I think right now, you feel like I don't, I you know, I hate to like, you know, dump my old girlfriend Adrian Martinez and then get a new girlfriend. Like this new girlfriend's so liked, much hotter. Never liked her anyway. <laughs> I never liked my old girlfriend. I like my new girlfriend more. But it seems like this is he's at least as good, at least as good, maybe better. Yeah, I mean the this is and this is the the part where I think as a Husker fan you can just feel you can feel good about it. Is that like yes in the end if Martinez transferred and he'd won eight games this year, um, you wouldn't feel as good. Right, Martinez didn't win. Like he he had he had so many opportunities to win games and couldn't get it done. Um, and not that it's on him only. This is, these were team losses a lot of the times. Um, and so it's unfair to put it on him. But, like, in the end, as a quarterback, you get too much praise and you're going to get way too much blame. So, uh, in the end, like, we couldn't win with a, a healthy Adrian Martinez. Um, I just think that this is an opportunity to bring in somebody that's got that level of talent that maybe has a different sort of mind, attitude, instinct that – maybe is what we need to, to get us over the hump. Right. I, I totally agree. So the I think the other thing I like, and I think this kind of matters. I really do. I like that he's been in a fishbowl and yeah. and been like I'd have to imagine the attention, the scrutiny, the pressure of Texas football is similar to the attention, scrutiny, and pressure that comes with being the quarterback at Nebraska. So him him getting to Lincoln and going through all this and dealing with the media and playing in front of a lot of fans and all this stuff, like it's not gonna be a shock to his system. No, and he, he's old, he's twenty three. Like in twenty three in college football now is old. Right. It used to be normal. Now normal's 19, 20, 21, 23 is a vet. It's old. I mean, he sat behind Ellinger for years. Um, and I mean, Ellinger, I thought was a tough, I thought he was yeah. a really good player. He was really a good, good player. college player. Yeah. It's not like you're back, you're, you're backing up some schmuck. You know what I mean? Like that's a good yeah. player. He was behind. Yeah. And there, in Ellinger, you know, he played for, I think he started all four years. He was there maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, it was sort of a, you know, that's an understandable guy to, it would be hard to beat out i i get that but um you know and i i didn't he break his his thumb or something yes this he had year? a thumb he had a thumb injury either a sprained thumb or a fracture something with his thumb was was banged up all year yeah and so that's the part that like even this year um you know i'm sure that affected his game a little bit but you know like i said the limited film i've watched i was I was impressed. I was actually impressed that just sort of 
when you hear, when you see the film, he looks pretty good. I like the way he moves. He's not like a burner. He's not a burner fast, but he looks built. He looks tough. He looks like the instincts are uh, a football player instinct, right? Sometimes it's just that guy's an athlete playing football. That guy looks like a football player. And I think my favorite thing that I have learned about him, and it was in the paper, I think maybe McEwen was writing about him, but like that he's a football junkie. Yeah. Like if you're a quarterback and, and they don't talk about you like that, I get concerned because I think the great ones, the, the best quarterbacks are guys that are obsessed with the game. They love the game. Um, the fact that he's like a film junkie and a football junkie, I take that over a lot of things because to me, then you understand the little things about the game that matter. I totally agree. I mean, it's not completely the same, but it's always fun to have an excuse to bring up draft day. And, oh, and yeah. Bo Callahan <laughs> and what you know, like I know that's not quite the same as like film junkie, but like it's all kind of it's it's it speaks to an intangible personality quality that Costner, as the GM of the Cleveland Browns, he valued and you value it too. You know what, Nick? Let me ask you a question. How come nobody came to your birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a! I mean, hey. You want your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, to be the guy that no one came to, I mean, like, no one wanted to go to his birthday party? That's trouble. That's, That's trouble, trouble right there. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza and the cold winter months. It's officially here. And as a warm weather lover myself, the cold can kind of bum me out. But the one thing that always puts a huge smile on my face when it gets cold, temperature Tuesdays at Runza. Yes, it's that time of the year. Temperature Tuesdays are back at Runza, where every Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. Think about it. An original Runza sandwich might be 10 cents, a dime, might be a nickel, might be a quarter. Heck, might even be one penny. Just one penny. So make sure you take advantage of this incredible deal every single Tuesday at Runza where the temp at 6 a.m. in Runzaland is the price you pay for an original Runza sandwich and you buy a medium fry and a medium drink. It's back, baby. Temperature Tuesdays. Runza makes it all better. Well, So I wrote down for questions slash concerns, the first, and because you went there with it, was I just didn't – I'm not I, – I couldn't get a sense of his mobility. He's certainly not a stiff – like, he's not, like, out there like Peyton Manning and Brady that's just, you know, like, brutal. But, yeah, like, I mean, I guess I saw there was one, it might have been against Oklahoma, there was one zone read run that he looked like he was decently athletic. He, no, he moves good. He's, he's got, like, a nice, he's got a nice little, nice quickness, uh, a nice little burst, but he's not, like, a, a burner. Okay. So, he's, like... Which is He's fine. Like quick, but not fast, is right, what I'd say. Right, right. But I, that, that's fine for me. And, like, I would say he's, like, he actually moves, like, body movements are like uh, Kyler Murray, but just not near as fast as Kyler Murray. Not near as – it's like he's, he's quick, he moves, he's kind of got a little bit of that jitter. Right. But it's just not, like, to that level. Right. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked the way he moved. I mean, he seemed to, he seemed to understand how to get the ball out quick. And he also, you know, this is not to dump on Adrian, but, you know, Adrian struggled sometimes with the easy, the easy open passes. And this guy, I, I get the sense, like, if you give it to him, he's going to take it. Yes, totally agree. 
Totally agree. The other, the, the other questions, concerns, the Big 12 versus the Big 10. Like, it's very different league, very different conference, very different climates. I mean, it's always amazing when you watch. I remember you and I, when we were in Vegas, and we're, we're at the pool slamming beers, and we got those te- the games on the big screens. And, you know, you're watching Wisconsin, God, maybe Wisconsin-Notre Dame, and then you were watching, like, Texas and Texas Tech or something like that. And it literally felt like you were watching two different sports. Like because they just don't they don't play the same like defense isn't a priority in those leagues just right, not right it's just it's so I it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that because it's just each every single weekend you check the Big Twelve and it's like these games are in the in the forties and fifties and as the as the Big Ten especially the Big Ten West progresses there's a lot of twenty to 13, 17 to ten twenty one to fourteen kinds of games that are just that are different. It'd be interesting to see how he reacts to that. Yeah. And, and I'm also, so he, the one thing is he's not a huge guy. He's, he's actually only six. I think he's six one. I thought he was listed at six one. Yeah. So he's, he's going to be, you know, Martinez was a six two one six two guy. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of what we've seen. So, he, but this guy, you know, with Mark Whipple's new offense, I just don't know how much is that going to change from what Frost has been doing because I think this guy fits decently well into what Frost wants to do. Maybe not run it quite as much, yeah. but um, I just don't know. I got to see more of what Whipple. You know, Whipple was a little bit more pro style. I thought that, that's the thing that's so hard about all this is I'm sitting here. Uh, you know, like you'll you'll pull up highlights of Casey Thompson, and you try to then extrapolate that into what Nebraska does, but the reality is I don't know what Nebraska is going to really look like next no. year, you know? So it's, so, you know, not that I'm, you know, Mr. Quarterback guru, but like, I don't, it's hard to, it's sometimes hard to see what'll translate. Cause you don't even necessarily know what you're trying to translate it into, but yeah, I mean, cause I, I, I'm always partial to, even though Brady's my favorite football player of all time, besides you and Rich Baugh and Barrett Rude, but <laughs> I, I'm more partial to mobile guys that can move a little bit. And so, yeah. but I don't know how much that's going to be a part of the, I don't know how many design quarterback runs there are going to be in Mark Whipple's offense. I, I, I don't think Pickett was a guy that was toting it a whole bunch. He was, he wasn't a stiff, but he could run a little bit, but I don't think they were necessarily running that guy a ton. So we'll no, see. I don't think so. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's going to be, it, you know, they'll work that out. So like, I'm not like, I'm not super concerned with that. I guess for me, what I don't know for sure about Thompson, but I, I'm, I've got good vibes about it right now is like, can this guy bring, um, whatever intangible it is that when it comes to the last four minutes of a game, this guy is going to make plays and understand like Nebraska as a team, uh, it's not just the quarterback position, but as a team, we have struggled to understand what you need to do in the last handful of minutes of the, the half in the in the game to win ball games. Agree. Smart football plays that you need to make and the ones that you need to absolutely not make. We didn't do that well. And if this guy is the answer to to, to sort of like he does all that stuff good, that's as important as 
is he mobile? Is he not? Is he uh, pro style? Like, I don't think it matters as much as like those things for us have to get better in the final handful of minutes of each half and each game. And that's the that's that would I would I would say that's maybe one thing that it leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of now this is like wanting to have your cake and eat it too with what you were going to go get in the portal. I mean it, the reality is you're not going to go get Peyton Manning in the portal. Like that's just no. probably not how it's going to be. He had a losing record as a starter. Uh I, so I don't know. He he listen, he could he, he could have that it quality to making those big plays with the games on the line. But up until this point that nest that I guess this you know, they lose to Kansas in overtime. Not just again. I I don't want to. Let me preface with all this. Like I didn't Let's, watch these games closely to know like it was his fault. But they, you know, they lost a one score game to West they Virginia. To, they lost to Arkansas too. Lost that, to that Arkansas. Arkansas team played great that day. I remember that. Uh, you know, they obviously we know what happened. They got they were up big against Oklahoma. That game slipped away. They lost thirty two to twenty four to Oklahoma State. They lost thirty one to twenty four to Baylor. You know, like there's a there's a lot of these kind of pseudo close games that he was the guy that they lost. Now again, I don't know what those games look like. I'm simply pointing out, like, because I'm with you. As much as we we can talk about mechanics and quick twitch and mobility and the right making good reads and arm strength and all that stuff, like. The, the 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 when it comes right down to it, a lot of these games next year are probably going to be one score close games in the fourth quarter. And the problem was, yeah, over the course of, of the last handful of years, Martinez couldn't get Nebraska over the hump. You're hoping this guy can, maybe he can. The track record doesn't necessarily provide anything that says, yep, he absolutely will do it. I don't know though. I don't know. Yeah. I- uh, and that's the thing we we don't know, but that I guess that's my. I think my what I'm excited about is that it's not out of the question, right? Like yes. sometimes you could get like a transfer from you know Yuckville State, and you're just like, oh great, <sighs> that's that's where we're going. You know, then you're just there's no hope. Like this guy brings legitimate hope and possibility. Like yeah, I'm looking at yeah the Texas they lost a few games i mean the oklahoma game i remember like that was as much on their defense because he put 48 points on oklahoma he was throwing dimes he was so that was a great game texas tech which is not a bad team they beat 70 to 35 arkansas watched that game and arkansas was on fire that game well yeah that quarterback Um, and i think that might have been his worst game probably um killed rice btcu but yeah they lost to okie state iowa state Kansas, they beat Kansas State, lost to West Virginia. So I'm guessing the end of that year was bad. I I, I need to. I don't even know if he played all those games, but um, right. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I think we all need to preface. Like you and I haven't scout. We didn't watch all those games from start to finish. I don't know the circumstances around Texas football. All that. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Like for, for instance, someone could there could be a Kansas State version of this podcast. And yeah. they could go, what a, that Michigan State game? That was all Martinez's fault, man. You're like, uh, not really. They punted the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm saying little yeah. specifics about things that that I don't, well, I can't speak to specifically. I think if you're a Kansas State fan, you're excited. To oh get yeah, Martinez. that's a win. That's a win. It's just for us, it wasn't. It, it was just you couldn't do it again. No, nope. Psych- psychologically, you couldn't do it again. 
And so you had to move on. Now, the question is with Texas, if Texas, how sad are they? To me, like, uh, I, and that's where it would be interesting to see. If they're sad, that's a good thing for us. Right. You know? Right. And I think that I haven't heard Texas excited about losing this guy. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think for us, it's a win. Um, it, undoubtedly, to me, this is a win to get We need guy. to get McConaughey on the pod. Ask him how you feel about Thompson. Be like, Thompson, huh? Thompson, he's winner. He lives, living. L-I-V-I-N. Thompson, living. <laughs> See, he got a green light to go <laughs> north to Nebraska. I can't get mad at that. I can't hate, uh, I can't hate a man for that. He was, he was in Nebraska before Nebraska was cool. Oh God! Been quarterback in all his life. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Okay, um, couple more things before we get to a, a another big story with Husker football. Now the interesting thing with is Chuba Purdy. What happens with him? Because Nebraska was it, it, apparently he's coming on a visit on I think January fourteenth. Although he is visiting Oklahoma as well. Chuba Purdy is a Florida State transfer. I've always kind of liked the idea of taking two quarterbacks. I think one thing that you and I have talked about is for maybe too too often people worried about hurting players' feelings. You got to get out it. of that business. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over. I was the guy that's like, I don't want to. I'm over it. Hurt him. You know what? Like in the end, like you can you can play you can play nice and you can name the start of the week before. But you know what, Nick's. Saban was probably the the guy that like of course he does it right like remember when he had he had Jalen Hurts and he had Tua Tua and he just said I'm not telling either of you who's a starter until it's the game day and neither of you can transfer them right and they didn't and that and then we do the opposite and we're like good guys and Jebbia transfers and Martinez gets hurt in the first game right like that is the that was the learning thing for me that said you know what like these players are moving so much now. You can't worry about their feelings anymore. I agree. You used to have to, and I now agree. it's like you're you're responsible for the university because the players are they're moving too much. So I think, I guess I bring that up to say like if 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 Chubba Purdy, if Nebraska can get him, get him, absolutely yeah. get him because Casey Thompson's got two years of eligibility. So yep. and Purdy would have four. So technically, it's not like those guys would come in and it's like. You know, if, if Thompson wins the job, it's not like Purdy's, you know, going to be a career scout team guy. Like, Purdy could eventually be the guy. Because um, the, the, the thing that'll be interesting about Purdy is, like, Whipple liked him out of high school, recruited him out of high school, recruited him when he first hit the transfer portal to come to Pitt, and then obviously when he took the job at Nebraska, he recruited him to still come to Nebraska. But Whipple clearly likes Casey Thompson as well. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. I'd be... Like, we started at the top of this conversation of, like, I think a lot of these guys, you know, with, with Purdy leaving Florida State, he's probably trying to find a spot where he's going to be the starter. So, that, and that's, Nick, that's the hard part with this Purdy thing. Like, I'm surprised he has not canceled his I visit. Very surprised. Um, uh, and, you know, Oklahoma, same thing. Like, they didn't, they didn't get who they wanted initially, but then they ended up getting a dude from Central Florida. Uh, from UCF, Dylan Gabriel, right? Yes. So they got that guy. Their other quarterback might come back. They're not sure. 
So Purdy, you know, Purdy's going to a situation where if he's, I don't know what his options are, but if I'm guessing options are maybe more limited than we actually think in terms of like a place you want to go that has a open spot that is yours, that might not be that many teams, right? right. So then you got to say, well, who, what coach do I want to be with? What's going you know, and this is where the Whipple thing, as much as you go, oh, Oklahoma's a great school. It's like, well, you might be going to sit at Oklahoma with the system and a QB coach and a coordinator that you don't like as much. So that's probably the argument for Nebraska is like if Whipple's his guy, it might be worth coming here, sitting for a year, and then taking your chance next year of kind of developing into I it. So totally agree. Totally agree. I so know. I'm yeah, because I I'm kind of surprised that 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 he's still considering Nebraska, but everything you just laid out was perfectly stated. Like so I and I think if you could take him, you take him. So we'll see what ends up happening with 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 that. Anything else on the quarterbacks before we transition to two other things I want to talk to you about? Uh no, no. I like I said, I, I'm very excited about it. And I think this is like he's one of those guys that uh, you know, his dad, well one, he knows the Nebraska Ookahoma tradition because his dad's an Oklahoma quarterback. How about that? Yeah. Was the and quarterback so in eighty seven, I think? They said eighty seven he played in the in the you know game of the century two uh, and beat us. So like How dare you he yeah. understands it and he also clearly like he's he's I think he's got you know, he's gonna be able to have a presence that the more guys that have presence in that locker room the better. So right. good. Right. Uh but no re- real quick, all things considered when when Nebraska made the move to make some coaching changes and then let Martinez leave, there is a scenario where they were going to end up with a coach that you were going to go, ugh, and a quarterback that you were going to go, ugh. For Nebraska to be sitting here on January 10th with Mark Whipple and Casey Thompson, you got to be – Husker fans got to be pretty excited about that. That's pretty damn I good. mean. We always win the off season, but it's feeling like we're winning the off season. There's no question about that. <laughs> um, but I mean, Nick, truthfully, like it could have been ugly. Oh. It is like it's trending in the right direction right now. I'll say it. Like I don't want to get overblown anything until we win games. But like, you can't tell me you're, we're not trending in the right direction with our hires and sort of even some of these like. Some of the dudes were getting to well, come here. That's okay. So that's the perfect segue into this. You're already seeing the impact of Mickey Joseph, where we talked about it on one of our last pods that Mickey Joseph was able to get Dakota's Crawford to come. Dakota's cat I've ever seen. Dakota's cat I've ever seen in my life coming to Lincoln, Nebraska. Dakota's cat. But he got Dakota's Crawford, who is going to go to LSU, follow him to to Nebraska, and then he got Trey Palmer who was, if I'm not mistaken, was a former five-star yeah. to leave LSU and follow Mickey Joseph to Nebraska. So it goes to show you how much, you know, what your point was about talking about trying to find a coach that you trust and you like. I think it's pretty clear. Dakotas Crawford and Trey Palmer look at this situation and go like, man, I just want to be coached by and be with Mickey Joseph. I don't care if the dude's going to, to – Siberia or Lincoln, I'm go. That's where I'm going. That's that's what Mickey Joseph has done in two weeks is really impressive. Like he has, like personally landed a couple like big time guys, and you hear like these other, you know, potential dudes and some future guys. Like 
it's like you see, oh, that's what like a elite recruiter does is he changes your team from that direction. Yes. Like he legitimately the team is like shifting towards like more talent because Mickey walked in the door and just, you know, he's got that thing where he can go find those guys that, you know, he's kind of like a, he's a father figure. That's yes. the thing about him. I think is he, he keeps it real. Um, and he just got connections with people all over Louisiana and the South. And like, I mean, dude, it's impressive. Well, cause we, you and I have talked before. I think one of the things that, that has been, always a topic of conversation is Nebraska needed an upgrade of just its overall raw game changing talent level, you know? And listen, I don't know if the coldest Crawford and Trey Palmer are necessarily going to be that, but you see a couple of highlights. He returned to kickoff. Trey Palmer did like, you look at some of those things. It's like, yeah, that like, that looks like a guy that's, that can, can make plays. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's like legitimate. I think he ran like, 10, 10, 400 or something like that, which is fast, you know? And like, you know, like he's not dominating the SEC, but he's like been productive in the SEC. um, And he's going to get a way better opportunity here. Um, And I just go, it's to me, it's it's like free money. It's like that guy didn't exist. And the day we got like a former five-star, I'm like, like that's all it's only positive can come from that. Two months ago, there was no way Nebraska was gonna land Dakotas Crawford or Trey Palmer or the equivalent no. of those guys. You know what I mean? They just no. were not gonna it was not gonna happen. And now they're they're gonna be in Lincoln, which is awesome. So that's the other thing that's exciting. The the other big news is that Scott Frost officially announced today that he has hired Bill Bush as the full-time special teams coach. All signs had been pointing to that. We've talked about it. Um, I First of all, I'm glad he did it. I felt like he, Frost had no choice with how the last handful of years to on how horrifically bad special teams has been that he had to hire a full-time special teams coach or he needed to take it. Like Either he needed to go be hire a guy or, or Scott Frost needed to coach it Bill Bush was already on staff as an analyst, um, and so he's hired. So I guess, first of all, you're with me. Like, Did you feel like they probably needed to get a full-time dude for that spot? I think they had to. Like, I think they truthfully at that point, like when you lose as many games as we lost because of special teams, you just kind of had to. Like, not every team needs to do that. Like, you, not every team needs a dedicated special teams coach. I think we did. We needed to do it just to, like, to, to emphasize, here's the things we're going to do well here, and this has to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And we had to do it. There was just no way of getting around it. Like, you can't lose the same ways we've been losing. Like, you're going to have to beat us a different way, not right. that way. Right. And – the thing that Bill Bush might benefit from naturally is just the sheer fact that at least right now in the portal, Nebraska is going to have all brand new specialists. Like that's been one of Frost's line throughout the entire season. It's like we don't have a special teams problem; we have a specialist problem, which is like true and not true. But in the portal, they've got a new punter, a new kicker, a new long snapper. They got this Trey Palmer dude who returned kickoffs. Like I think 
just that in and of itself, you're going to have different, you're just going to have uh, different bodies there. And then a guy that is like a full-time coach for that spot, just inherently that alone, you hope gets you a better result. You can't like when you can't, when you're dead last in something like you, you should probably clean house like that, like clean house, all those specialists, you know, start with the you know, new coach, new everything. And you, you got to kind of build it from the ground up here uh, with those specialists. And um, yeah, I think, I think even our punter or yeah. Krista just he, he transferred. I think, you know, he knew that that one's over. So, I mean, dude, we had to, we can't, we just, we had to get new guys. I mean, and like, even like our return game, like our return game was so pitiful last year. Like this is where this guy from LSU, even if he is not a good receiver, but he can go do that. Oh. That is worth like, every penny to get that guy totally right? totally not that we're paying him <laughs> <laughs> um but nil or well like to get this guy to come here in all the work and effort that that you know it comes with it but like it's so worth it if he can just do one thing well for you 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 were on special teams at nebraska and bill bush was coached a little bit of special teams when you during that time do you remember yes. I, I was reading nebraska blocked 16 kicks during that time period you guys were pretty good on special te- do you remember anything any little thing you can share at least with with working with him in special teams or was it just kind of he, like so he came he came from utah with urban meyer and it's a lot of the same urban meyer um special teams philosophies i think i always remember the kickoff when he came the our kickoff looked so different because uh that was like the urban meyer style like you know two-thirds of the field kickoff where you know, it used to be like you'd line up sideline that was the first time i'd ever seen that and we'd use these missiles and that's where like brandon Ragoni was bill bush's guy let me just say that so like if you're a guy that's willing to lay it all on the line bill bush likes you Right. So we had guys like, like uh, Ragoni, Eisenhart. Um, there was just a hand, Ricky Thanars, like yeah. guys that just they just went for it. Right. They're willing to go down a hundred miles an hour, like their hairs lit. Like if you are willing to do that, like Bill Bush will find a spot for you. Right. But like he he doesn't want dudes that just like are just like on lunch break. You know, like so. <laughs> So, uh, he'll, uh, uh, you know, he, and I don't really think about our special teams from my time there that much, but I think our numbers were pretty good. Yes, like they were, say, they were very good. Block kicks. Yeah. yeah. The, no, I think, I think the special teams numbers, I should have screenshotted this. I think Sip dug into them in an article about a month ago. All, all the special teams rankings and stuff were very good when you were there and what's interesting about it is like I bet at the time sometimes you don't know what you don't know like you were at Nebraska you just did it and you're like well this is what you do and so it's hard then to go back and and think about well oh I guess you don't not not everybody does it like that not everybody does it. Kyle Larson Sam Cook right you know uh you know we just we just had great you know Lane Kelly was a snapper um we just had great snappers kickers punters uh and dudes like ragoni right, out there set the culture our, for special teams you know what i mean like, yeah our starters always like you always had starters on punt team no matter what we did that to death and i truthfully i didn't think about special teams that much because we were good and it just was something that you just it was never a problem for us right you know what I mean? and that's so, kind of special teams you don't think the, about it until it's bad yeah because our special teams were like 
for a long time, like at Nebraska, really good. The only time I think we the, the noticeable one for my time is when we had Santino Panico, like we right, couldn't get right. any returns. Yes. But I think we, we sort of remedied that. Nate Swift ended up doing some punt returns. Um, we ended up getting some some better um some better action there. But like I just don't think I don't think we had to think about it. You only have to think about it when you start getting your butt kicked. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And then the other thing that, and this might might end up being a really important thing, is that by all accounts, Bill Bush is supposedly a, a, a pretty damn good recruiter. That he landed Prince think, and Hag, and like he's pretty good in that regard. He is. Uh, he's one of those guys that he's kind of just relentless. Right. He's a relentless recruiter. Like you know, you when you hear stories about people, like you'll hear stories about Bill Bush. You know, like the guy that calls every day. He's the guy that will call you twice a day. You know, if they're calling you once, he'll call you twice. Like he right. just sort of he doesn't lack for energy and effort. So that's the one thing that's great about him is you know that it's not ever going to be a problem of getting outworked right. with him. I even remember like <laughs> Ricky the Nars. Ricky the Nars was from like South Central LA, and Bill Bush is from Pender, Nebraska. <laughs> and Bill Bush goes into South Central LA and like you know just recruits yeah, just, Ricky right, and shows right. up at his house. Yeah. And you know it's probably like yeah, boys in the boys hood, in the like hood ice cube, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, Ricky's running down the side street, yeah. trouble, you know. Cuba Gooding Jr. is just you know he's out there with Lawrence Fishburne talking about things, and then Bill Bush shows Lawrence up, it's like, like, who wants to run special here. teams? Son, come here, I gotta cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, so I guess what I'm saying, it's oh, like. Pops. It's huge. It's huge to get a special teams coach, and it's a pretty good adi- bo- added bonus that he's also a guy that is a, a a very very respected recruiter too. So again, I know where this is the you know the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by Kool Aid, but like, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty good, you know, like yeah. But I mean, I don't know. In the end, it's still like. Uh, we need to – the lot's changed since 2005, though, right? Yeah. Like, do we have any Brandon Ragonis? I don't know. You know what I mean? I like, mean, that's the thing. Is like, you got to have guys like that that are – their life depends on their release on a, a gunner, you know, like on a gunner release or blocking that kick. Like, Brandon Ragoni did nothing but try to, like, 
how did I, how can I turn the corner faster when I block kicks? He would do that all day long. He would work. It was crazy effort, right? Like you got to have a handful of those guys. And I just don't know. Do we have those guys right I don't, now? I like, don't know. Are our walk-ons or our backup secondary guys, our backup receivers, backup running backs, those guys got to contribute and be good and want to do that. And I just don't know that I've seen it. Like, I don't see anybody that wants to return a kick or a punt and has some freaking cojones, right, as they say, right, right. and go, goes and does it. Well, because we – I mean, shoot – we know Brandon Ragoni really well, growing up with the dude and played with him. You knew he was tough. Obviously, he became your teammate, but the little bit I got to know Ben Eisenhart, Ben will knock your fucking head off. You know, like, I mean, those guys, like, you know, you got a small-town Nebraska dude and Ben Eisenhart who came, who took great pride in in his in his special teams work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they were good at it, too. That yeah. thing is you can't just be guys like, hey, I really want to do it. That's part of it, but you got to be good too. Like you got to have the talent to be good at it. Because I do think there is, I I swear to you, there is a different kind of talent for some special teams than there is for every down. Like I always say for linebackers, I was good at like twenty yards in every direction. Like I could do that. I wasn't as good at like running down on kickoffs and like swerving. <laughs> like that's a skill. Yeah. That's like if you can run real fast and kind of wiggle. And, and sort of – it's a whole nother kind of talent that I was like – I wasn't as good at that. I'll get yeah. to be honest. I really wasn't good at that at all. But, like, my brother – my brother sucked at kickoff team. But right. he was unbelievable But he's the all-time tackle leader at Nebraska because he was good in short areas of, of being being around the ball and bringing guys yeah. down, you know? like you know, you know one guy that was great at that that was, like, couldn't play – every down football very well but was unbelievable a kickoff team kurt thomas savage he was probably the best athlete in the room by a mile he goes on and wins a, a gold medal yeah. in the bob because he's just he's big he's strong he's fast and he can just he just goes for it but like he wasn't as good at the side to side backwards 10 yards reading plays like that's a different skill set but that that special team yeah is a, is, yeah. Is a freaks uh that really should be standing out on special totally agree physical marvels every physical marvel should be there totally agree so bill bush special teams coach i'm excited about it i think it's a i think it's something that needed to be done so the staff now whipple offensive coordinator quarterbacks donovan rayola o-line sean becton tight ends mickey joseph wide receivers then on the defensive side, Eric Chenander as the defensive coordinator. Mike Dawson, who we haven't really talked about. Tuioti goes to Oregon. Dawson is going to move and take the D-line and the outside linebackers because some of those guys, that works, right? Because like in that system, like some of those yeah. guys are kind of on the line anyways. Is that okay? You're basically – yeah, think of those guys like whether you're playing a 3-4 or 4-3, like one of those guys is going to be a defensive end most of the time. And they use that JoJo hybrid the other time. So that guy is kind of out of that. Okay. That guy won't be with Dawson as much. But the guys that are like the pass rushers, like Garrett Nelson is with Dawson. Right. And then Barrett Root, inside linebackers coach. Travis Fisher, secondary. Bill Bush, special teams. And so now it seems like it's the only spot is that running backs coach. And, the, you know, I think there's a guy from Florida that they're considering. There's some other guys. Sounds like some pretty good names 
um, are there. Uh, so we'll see. We could, we could always hire. I watched Friday Night Lights on a flight a couple of months ago. You could hire Booby Miles if you wanted to, but uh, man, Booby Miles could play, dog. It's quite the. You know, actually, I watched, um, and it got me thinking about this again. We we're talking about punt returns. So I watched the thirty for thirty on Marcus Dupree. You know, the one where it's like the greatest, the greatest. that never was. Yep. Did you ever see that one? I did. Great one. Great one. But he, I mean, he was first of all. That dude was unbelievable. But, like, they were talking about how he, at Oklahoma, just was so talented. Like, we're saying we can't find a punt returner. That dude just one day was like, hey, I want to go return punts. Catches his first punt, takes the house. Like, he's a huge, big guy, too. He's like 6'3", yeah. 240. But he went back there and just, I'm catching punts, and I'm going. And I'm going, we need some dudes like that. I know, <laughs> right? I mean, Hopefully, hopefully this Trey Palmer can be that. If, if people haven't seen it, there's a good highlight of his. He had a kickoff return against Auburn, maybe. Yeah. Or A and M or whoever it was. It was like it was a real. It wasn't Yuckville State to use the team you threw out there. Like it wasn't some some. It wasn't Yuckville State's kickoff team that is <laughs> terrible, by the way. Uh, but so we'll see what happens with that running backs coach. Um, but man, all things like the dominoes are falling into place here, and and like seems like it's pretty good right now. I'm excited. Yeah, it seems like, from what I've heard, like it's, we've been trying to get, I think, a pass rusher and an O lineman in the portal. I think we're struggling. I think those spots, like, it, there's a lot of competition. Oh, I bet. They, a lot. Don't you think I they think, need a uh, running back? Don't you? Uh, they got to get a running back. They got to get a running back. But they might. They like I said, there's some talk that one of these coaches they're trying to get, like maybe a recruit, is uh, tied like, to it. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Billy Bob Thornton and brings Booby Miles from from Texas to you know to Midland. Uh, you know the, the Permian Panthers versus <laughs> Midland Lee. I mean, I don't know. I take either. I take either uh, of those guys. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, but I think that pretty much does it. Uh, were you a were you a full house guy? I mean, did you see Bob Saget died? That's kind of that's sad, man. It, you, it really made me feel bad. Like, yeah. I, what a great guy! Like, he's too young to. He never seemed old. Sixty five, and he looked. He looks pretty much exactly like he kind of looked on the show. And yeah, that's sad. That that seemed like he seemed like a genuinely good guy. Yes, that's the part that you just go. Did you know what? What did he die? Of? I don't. At this point, it, they're. I don't think there's a they know a cause yet. Now, I mean, by by the time this gets posted, there might be something in there. All I know is that the initial reports there was no like foul play or anything yeah. bad with it. But yeah, that was one of those things. Like I genuinely saw that news and I was like, damn. You know, like because yeah. I mean he was kind of America's dad a little bit. You know, along there there was that I mean, Bill Cosby is obviously that's that's transitioned into a whole nother. We don't bit. talk about Bill Cosby anymore. <laughs> That's sad. Like Bill Cosby was, yeah, that's too bad. But, but then you know, it's amazing. You just have to pretend Bill Cosby didn't exist. Right. You're like ah, like you can't. Like if I if I'm flipping through the channels and Cosby shows on, it's like, you know, he'd like oh, Rudy of the days. Like, you can't. Like, you almost can't laugh at it anymore. You can't even laugh at Bill Cosby. But Uncle Phil, Carl Winslow, Danny Tanner, like. A lot of the, lot of the fathers we grew up with via TV, man, it's crazy. Uncle Phil's gone, Danny Tanner's gone, like, 
sad, man. It's just, it's sad. So I, we yeah, wrap it up it saying RIP to Danny Tanner, you know? Sad deal. Oh, yeah, well, <sighs> okay. Sad. What should I, what should I eat well, tonight we... in Milwaukee, Bo? What should I, should I, like, I had a steak last night. I got in kind of late. Um, I got some film to watch. What should go, I do? What should I do here? Should I go get some cheese somewhere? Go, go get something to eat. Go get some cheese. But you got to go to the uh, the factory that they go to in you know Laverne Shirley's and Wayne's World, where they're like, like Shamil, Shamazel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I will. I'll Google you'll that. Wave, you wave. Yes. Oh yeah. I'll Google that and I'll make sure I, I I go do that. Well, hey, appreciate you doing this. I know people were clamoring for it. They wanted they wanted to know our thoughts on on Casey Thompson and. I hope we've we provided an ample amount of Kool Aid for people. Uh, yeah, but I also feel like do, we, do are we more serious when we're not in the same room together? This was really serious. <laughs> Outside of a handful of tangents, this was a. Su- I hope people are are disappointed. Like, wow, Mister and Mrs. Serious over here. Okay, we're gonna make it up to people. Next one will be in person wine pod. Wine so pod. That we get some, I got a whole bunch of new wine. Really out there. And I had Ooh. I got a whole bunch of new wine and one of our listeners, Brian, he sent me a bottle of wine that we could yeah, like so we could drink. I, I mean, think we, got we owe options. it to him. We owe it to him to get that we to be. Probably our owe it to him for that. So for everybody that wants the nonsense, we will provide you the nonsense the next time we're together with some wine. How about that? Okay. I like it. Okay. I like it. Okay. Well, Bo Robert Rude, you go do your thing and we appreciate it, pal. All right, dog. Have a good one. A Huda Media Production.